Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. It is so good to see you. So glad you guys are here. I want to just take a moment and say hello to all of you that are joining us. My name is Will. If we haven't had the chance to meet yet, I'm one of our pastors here and just honored uh, to be able to share with you this morning during part four of a series called Make Ready. And it is just amazing to see what God has been doing in this series. Has this been an amazing series or what? Um, I think this is one of those series that I want to encourage you to go back and listen to in two months, you know, or, or three months. Like, go back and listen to it. I believe our, our lead pastor, uh, Pastor Colby Atkins, who has just been teaching us and preparing us over these two weeks, not just for a great message on Saturday or Sunday, but all the things that we're talking about in this series are to equip us beyond the morning, you know, beyond the Saturday night, beyond the Sunday morning. And I'm just so grateful and honored to be able to stand here today and, and thankful to him uh, for the way that he just entrusts me to steward his word well, God's word well, and to, to be able to lead and speak as often as he gives me the opportunity to do. So thank you, PC, for each and every one of these moments. Uh, we're going to dive in today. Love you, bro. We're going to dive in today and uh, into God's word, but I, I, I want to just state an obvious fact. Obviously, I'm a high-end athlete by looking at me, right? Like, I know I've got... Why were you laughing? You should have been like, yeah. Like, even my wife laughed, and so I'm going to stand on this side. And so, <laughs> sorry, okay. But like, I'm a, I was an athlete in high school, and so like, if you're in your 30s or beyond, where my people at, right? Like, you know, like, my mind says go. Like, I can still compete with the best of them, but come on. The next day soreness is real. Like, it is, is real. And so I'm saying this extra part really kind of for two reasons. One, for accountability, but, but for two, because it's going to set up a, a point that I, I want to make, is that in a few months, I'm running a half marathon. Because I'm only half crazy, Right? Um, and so my wife and I, we signed up for that, and so that's in a few months. And, and I'm an athlete, and so I'm like, yeah, I can do this thing. But I've been going to the gym a little bit, uh, can't you tell? And so uh, I, my goal is to go like 12 to maybe 15 times a month. It's like, well, if I do that, I feel pretty good about maybe what's happening. But let me be 100% transparent with you. I have no clue what I'm doing when I go to the gym. And I saw that I don't know how to like curl, right? Like I curl a 30 pound kid every day, right? Like I know what I'm doing in that context. But like some of you go to the gym, you know who you are. You're like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I do this exercise and this exercise. And then Tuesday, Thursday, I'm doing legs. And then Saturdays, I do this. And then Sunday, I do that. And I stretch on the, and I'm like, I just kind of show up. And there's like nobody over in that section. And so I just start, doing whatever those things are. I saw a guy do like the back stretch, back stretch workout one time. You know what I'm talking about? I don't even know what muscle that is, but like I'm like trying to do stuff and I'm like hurting myself doing it because I have no plan when I show up to the gym. Like one day I was telling uh, uh, Riley, who you met earlier, like I was like, yeah, I might go to the gym and like, you know, do some legs. I like, I said all this stuff, but like to be honest with you, I just like sat in the sauna for like 15 minutes and left. <laughs> Okay, like I have no plan for what it is that I'm doing. But if I run this half marathon, what I'm recognizing that I need to have a plan. 
I need to have a routine. I need to have a regimen. I need to start training, right? Like if I said, hey, good, thank you for coming to church today, but for our 8.30 service, this is what we're gonna do. We're all gonna go run the Peach Street Half Marathon. Some of you are like, let's do it. That's my kind of church, like, let's go. Others of you would be like me, where we would get to Wegmans, like we'd like start going, we're like, yeah, we're gonna try and do this thing, and we would end up like our good friend Michael Scott, we've got a picture of him, just sitting on the side of the road, just, I mean, contemplating life choices, what am I doing, why did I carb load last night, like, is church really for me, and like we would just be, be struggling, why, because we would just be trying to complete something, we've not been training for it, right, okay, we can take Michael Scott down, I am an office fan, just so you know. That's if we were to do it right now. But I'd be willing to bet that if, if I said, hey, in six months, we're gonna do the Peach Street Half Marathon. Those of you that could complete it now, you'd probably still be able to complete it then. But those of you that maybe would be trying to complete it now, I think in the future you'd be able to. Why? Because you'd have a, a challenge ahead of you. You'd have a, a something in front of you that would make you want to what? Train. It would make you wanna put a little bit of, of effort into it. You, you'd figure out what mileage each week I should be, be running. These are things that I'm trying to think about. How many of you know there's a difference between trying to do something and training to do something? There, there's a, a difference. Trying says, I'm gonna give up if it's too hard or if I don't feel like it because the bed is comfortable at five o'clock in the morning. But if you are training for something, you are up before the alarm goes off you're out the door because you're training. You've got intentionality. You're not acting according to the feelings or comfort. You're acting according to a commitment. And listen, the lives that we're living in right now, wherever it is that you walk through these doors, you tuned in online, are directly related to the training that you've been doing in the last year, maybe five years, or, or the lack thereof. But I also know that what's going to happen next year, in five years, whatever the time may be, can be directly changed by the training that we do. How many of you know if we stay ready, we don't have to get ready? We don't have to get ready. So in this series, we've been discussing how to change our hearts. What does that look like through prayer, through fasting, through removing the distractions? How do we actually hear from God? What does that actually look like? And today, I want to uh, teach us and lead us through a little strength and conditioning program. And that's really the title for today. If you want to jot that down, if you want to take notes, by the way, taking notes, great way to train. Great way to train. Strength and conditioning. Uh, in high school, I remember strength and conditioning, you know, class that I took, and I should have learned a lot more than I did, but I just kind of was there. Um, but strength day was like easy, right? Like you could kind of do it. It was like you work on some fundamentals, but the conditioning part was the difficult part. Like I remember in track, I did track one year, my senior year, and we did these things called Carolinas. And yeah, a couple of you know this. And we did five-yard Carolinas. So you ran on the football field. Every five yards, you would touch and then go back to the beginning and then go and touch, right? Back, like lines and lines and lines. And we would do like eight sets of these. It was awful. Like absolutely terrible. But the conditioning is what was going to sustain us moving forward. We had the strength to do it once. And you maybe have the strength to, to, to overcome something once, but conditioning is what will allow you to be stronger 
later. And when it comes to our faith, I don't want to just experience God in a a strong and powerful moment. I want to experience God in a strong and powerful lifetime. And it's going to take conditioning. Let me read to you this verse that we, we read last week as well that we're going to really kind of use as an anchor text today. Colossians 2, 6, and 7 says this, so then, just as you received Christ, Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Be conditioned to live your lives in him. Be rooted, built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. And the result of that, there's gonna be an overflowing thankfulness. Continue to live. Hey, don't let what we're learning in January leave by February. We wanna continue on. We wanna be having this conditioning built up. We're gonna be rooted. We're gonna find family. We're gonna be built up in him. We're gonna be strengthened in the faith that we were taught. The message is not just for Sunday, but it's for Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and the following Sunday and back again. We're gonna have this overflowing with, with thankfulness. And why do we need to talk about this? Because let's be real, the dad bod is real, right? Like maybe some of you were athletes in high school or you had a different point in time in your life where you know that was the best shape of my entire life. But what happens is we begin to settle. We begin to just kind of let some things happen and then we start to surround ourselves with people who like the settling aspect of us. And maybe just maybe we just kind of start to conform to the settle. I don't think any of us woke up this morning saying, you know what, I'm as close to Jesus as I ever want to be, so I'm good. I believe that we woke up this morning saying, I want to get closer. But settling happens when wounds go unhealed, when the longings are are unmet, when there's questions that are unanswered, responsibilities begin to increase, our outward life begins to put pressure on our inward life. You had good ground, and maybe if you look around a little bit, you're like, man, that's a little bit of rocks around me. It's a little bit rockier than I, I thought. And what happens is it puts us into scramble mode. And when we're scrambling to, to, to make things happen, what happens is we find the quick fix. We find the thing that's going to ease our, our pain for a moment. We try to escape. But just because you swept it under the rug doesn't mean it's gone. It's still there. But we know, and you know this too, is that anything worthwhile in your life has taken this, this one word into the Gen Zs and the millennials, and I think I'm a millennial, it's a swear word, but it's the word effort. And the baby boomer said amen. <laughs> but like, effort. Anything worthwhile that you have ever accomplished or are accomplishing in your life has taken effort. You were never good at something the moment you picked it up. I wasn't a good golfer the moment I grabbed a golf club. I didn't really even know how to hold it. Like, I was not good at track the moment that I just put my shoes on. I had to what? Train. I wasn't the best husband that I could ever be the moment I said I do. There was a moment of training and training and training. I wasn't the best dad the moment I held my daughter for the first time. There's training. I believe that I'm a better pastor now than I was five years ago, Training, it takes effort, it takes discipline. And I think that all makes sense with those things that are sort of outward, right? Like we get that in the physical lane, but why do we view it totally different within our faith? 
Why do we think that faith can be just something I can do one hour a week and be okay with it? Why do we think that we can just spend a little bit of time with God and life is going to be okay? It's gonna take some, some training, some effort. In fact, Paul tells us in 1 Timothy, he says we have to train for godliness. And in Corinthians, he's like, hey, we don't just run a race, we run the race to win with purpose and with intentionality. And if you've got purpose and intentionality in the race that you are running, you are going to run because you have put in the effort. You've, you've done something, you've trained, you've been ready for it. So today you might not be winning the Peach Street Half Marathon. You might not be able to accomplish the things that God has put on your heart to accomplish. You might not be able to, 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 to fulfill the dreams that God has put on your heart. You might not be able to fight back all the pressures of this world that are putting all on you, but today is strength and conditioning day. Today is where we're gonna figure out what we can do so that way next year, that way in five years, we can look back and say something changed. Dallas Willard says that we are not trying to be different people. We are training to be different people. We are training to be like Jesus. And so what are we training for? How do we train? That's what we're gonna talk about today over these next few minutes before we continue to respond to God and worship this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to John 15. It's a very familiar passage. If you don't have a Bible, it's gonna be on the screens as well. This is maybe a familiar story of Jesus. Scholars believe that this would be Jesus uh, after the upper room, maybe kind of going for a little walk and talk with the disciples, which I just think is such a cool picture, a walking, talking Jesus. Like, and he's just walking around, probably in a casual spot, even though it's one of the most pivotal moments in history. It's just maybe hours and moments to come as he's going to be betrayed, ultimately crucified, and thrown in a tomb. But he's having this walk and talk moment, kind of preparing the disciples. And he says this in John 15, starting in verse one. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Now, look at this. Jesus is speaking, and he's saying, I'm the true vine, and my father is the Gardener, Jesus is like, hey, I'm the source. I'm the source here. The Father's the, the gardener, the Father one that's caring. But I'm the source. Jesus is saying, I'm the true vine. And in an intense way, he's like, hey, the Father's the gardener, and he's not just a he's a he's a good gardener. He's gonna do some pruning. In an intense way, like he's like, he's gonna cut off the things that don't bear fruit, but he's going to cut what needs to produce even more fruit. And I, I'm not much of a gardener or a green thumb kind of guy, so I Googled why people prune things, okay? And I discovered really kind of two main ways that people prune things, kind of all together. Why would you prune a plant? The first one is that you would prune it for appearance. You just want it to look nicer, look healthier. Maybe it's growing too far one way and you want to kind of cut it back. You're going to prune it for the appearance. The second way is that you would prune it so that it would have more production. You want to cut it back, right? What, what, did, what does the word say? It says that he prunes it so that it will be even more fruitful, and you would prune your plants or your, 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 your grapevine, your apple tree, whatever it may be, 
so that it would become more, it would be more productive. It would have more progress in its life. Can I tell you that God does not prune for appearance? God prunes for production. God prunes for fruit. In the beginning, we were created to be fruitful and to multiply. God wants to see fruit. God wants to see health and life and fruitfulness for production. God's pruning in our lives looks like cutting away sin, just these areas where we miss the mark. God's pruning in our lives looks like cutting away the excess stuff. Come on, our lives are overloaded. We just need to remove some things, and God can do the pruning. Looks like cutting away the the brokenness that we have in our lives. God prunes for production because he knows that when he removes those things, our lives become healthier, stronger. Listen, we're not just saved from something. We're saved for something to produce. To, to be fruitful. In John 5, 15, 5, it says this, as we keep going, it says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Jesus, again, speaking to the position here. This really matters. Who's the vine? Who's the gardener? Who's the branch? I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, some versions that you read may say abide. Abide is is also translated with remain. And I'm reading out of the NIV, so it says remain. But it would have the same meaning, saying like you are going to abide, you're going to make your home in. And so Jesus is saying, hey, make your home in me. Like, like, stay connected to me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. But look again, look again. It says, you're the branch, I'm the vine, I'm the source. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. Do you believe that? Do you believe apart from me, you can do nothing? I think if we're honest, there are probably some times in our lives where we're like, Jesus, I'm the vine, and you're the branch, and so if you don't produce, if you don't give me what I want, if you aren't fruitful in my life, snip. I don't have the job anymore, snip. But who's the vine? Why, the position matters. If we come to church, but we still live according to our lives the way that we want and our desires, and if Jesus doesn't just show up magically, snip. I'm the vine, he says. You are the branches. Many of us, I think we've got the positioning wrong. Maybe we've got the positioning right on Sunday, but do we have it right the rest of the week? Are we doing something with Jesus is trying to reframe for us that he is the vine. He is the one who's going to provide all source and energy. He will be the one who allows us to bear fruit. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. Does not mean you can't tie your shoes. Does not mean you can't flick a light switch or order DoorDash, right? Like, doesn't mean those types of things. What he's saying is you can't do nothing of value to this life and to eternity without me. I'm the vine. You are 
the branches. You can do nothing of value apart from me. You can't fix a problem in someone's life. You can't stop your sin. You can't forgive your parents for divorcing. You can't forgive your ex-spouse for what they did to you. You can't overcome an addiction to drugs or to alcohol. You can't stop a pornography addiction. You can't stop gossiping. You can't stop your addiction to other people's opinions about you. You can't succeed spiritually. You can't truly love your spouse or your kids. You can't truly read your Bible every single day. You can't pray with any sense of connectedness. You can't share your faith successfully apart from Christ. You can't do it. And if it feels like I'm stepping on your toes, I promise I'm not aiming at them. They're just in the way of where I'm walking. Like, I'm just saying, you can do nothing, but if you are connected to the source, hey, you can fix that problem. You can stop that sin. You can have forgiveness for the people in front of you that have wronged you, that have hurt you. That addiction will be gone. If you're connected to the source, Jesus says, remain in me and you will bear fruit. If you just continue to remain in me, you will be fulfilled. Watch this in verse seven. It says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That's a cool verse, right? You're like, sweet. So like if, if we read this just as is, right? It's like, we're gonna stop. We're gonna take a poll. We're gonna figure out who's the best at remaining in Jesus, we're all gonna pitch in, buy some lottery tickets, come on somebody. We're gonna say, cool, now you just gotta pray for the winning lottery tickets and the Yankees to win the World Series and we're just gonna move on, right? Hey, surface level, that's what it means. That's not what God's word's saying. He's saying, hey, if you remain in me and what in my words, this verse reveals to us that when we, what? When we remain in him, in his word, in, in God's word, the, the Bible, what happens is we begin to change. And when we begin to change, guess what? The things we want begin to change. The things we want begin to change. The branch connected to the source, the vine. The vine does not want what the branch wants. The branch wants what the vine wants, and the vine wants fruit, and so the branch does what? Wants fruit too now, and produces fruit, and if as you read God's word, and you, you, you begin to change, he's saying, if you remain in the words of Christ, what you want will become what I want, and you will begin to see the world differently. It will transform your life in an amazing way. Your enemies, you will look at them and say, you know what, we could be friends. You will look at the evil of this world and the, all the wrong and all the hurt and all those things and you will say, you know what, that's me if I'm not connected to the source. You will see that all the things, it will change your vision. You will recognize that if you remain in me, somebody say remain. Remain, remain in me and in my word, the Bible. Listen, here's the big idea. Here's the thing that I need you to hold on to today is this, is to keep the remain thing the main thing. Keep the remain 
thing the main thing. And guess what? Jesus gives us the way. And the way is a person, and the person is himself. And he's saying, if you stay connected to me and into my words, you will remain. We'll be fruitful. We'll be fulfilled with what he's doing throughout the world. Listen, Jesus doesn't want us to live with negativity and depression. He wants us to live fruitful with love, with joy, with peace, with patience, with kindness, with goodness, with faithfulness, with gentleness, and self-control. But all of that comes from remaining in Christ. So what do we need to do? Keep the remain thing the main thing. This is our strength and conditioning program. This is how we're going to, to make it last. This is how we're going to not just have a powerful moment, but to have a powerful life with God. I wanna give you just a few ways that I've outlined. I wanna be really specific because just because you have the plan to remain does not mean you are going to execute the plan. You can, you can text me your, your workout plan, but guess what? I still gotta go and actually do it. And just because you know what to do doesn't mean you're going to if you aren't committed to it. So these work hand in hand. I wanna give you just a few thoughts. This is not an exclusive list, just a few that I want us to hold on to this morning. This is how you remain in him. How do you keep the remain thing the main thing? The first one would be for you to write this down is to remain in your beliefs. Remain in beliefs. What did Colossians tell us? It said, as you've received Christ Jesus as Lord. Hey, remain in that. Remain in that because there's something happens when pain begins to enter into your life. What does it do? It begins to shake your beliefs. When hurt becomes to, to enter into your life, it shakes your belief. But we need to remain in our beliefs. And I believe that most of the hurt of the world and some of the beliefs around Christianity in the world is just because people are abandoning it. They're abandoning the reliability of scripture. They're abandoning and questioning that is Jesus really the son? Is he really the Lord? They're abandoning sexual and gender ethics even though God's word has been talking about them for some 2,000 plus years. People are abandoning what marriages look like and what families look like. And those pressures in our lives, in our school systems, whatever it may be, will stop us from remaining. Listen, we need to remain in our beliefs. And that doesn't mean you can be so legalistic and black and white about it. We're like, oh, you're not a Christian? Well, I'm not gonna learn from you. Like, that's not the case. You can learn from somebody who's not. But like, I learn from people in the business world and the finance world, but my beliefs are not up for grabs. I know who Jesus is. I know what he's done for me. I believe in that. I believe in the Holy Spirit that lives and dwells in me and overflows. And so I can learn from somebody, but I'm not going to change my beliefs because of that. And listen, this is an election year. We need to remain in our beliefs and what God's word said. The second thing I want you to write down this morning to remain is to remain in communication. What did God's word say? It says, be rooted, built up. This is just communication. You gotta talk to the source. It's prayer, talking to God. Here's how I kind of make it really simple for me in my mind. It's like, there are moments where I'm just kind of texting with God throughout the day, 
Thank you, God, for that. I spilled this. Thank you, God, for the patience to not lash out in that moment. God, I need wisdom before I enter into this conversation. Little quick things, boom, 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 right? But when I need to sit down and have that, that, that one-on-one time, right, that phone call with God, where it's way more intentional, way more focused in, it's where I'm just having that phone call. I'm just kind of sitting there, and there's nothing else going on. It's intentional, alone time with the Lord. If you need a battle plan for that as well, I want to give you just a simple one. You can also Google this, but it's called the ACTS model, A-C-T-S. It starts with adoration. Adoration is just praising God for who he is. And so in your prayer time, you're just saying, God, thank you for who you are. You are king of kings. You are Lord of lords. I'm putting you on the throne in which you stay on. You're adoring him, you're adoration for who he is and what he's done. There's confession. You're just saying, God, I've missed the mark. I know it. I see where I've missed the mark and I'm just acknowledging that to you. Then there's thanksgiving, not just turkeys, but you're thanking him for all that he has done all that he will do, all that he's done in other people's lives. God, thank you for healing that person. God, thank you for saving that person. God, thank you for saving me. It's Thanksgiving. And then there's supplication. It's just those moments where it's like, okay, I've I've, I've righted my heart, and I'm gonna now make the ask. God, I need wisdom for this decision to make. I need wanna guide my family well, and you're just beginning to present those requests. God, would you heal that person? It's remaining in communication. Every good relationship that you and I have is strong in communication. Same is true for our relationship with God. The third one I want you to write down is this, to, be, to remain in community. What does it say? We're rooted, we're built up in him. We're rooted and built up. Remain in community. What do I mean by that? Attending church. Good job, you did it today. Remain, right? Every single week, what do we say? Just keep coming back. Not just a cool statement, it is, but there's actual a remaining aspect of that. Church is really important for us in remaining because we're around other branches connected to the source. And online church is great, but if you can get to the building and be surrounded by some 50 to 100 to 200 to 500, however many people would be here, that is even better being around, being surrounded. And I would just say it's not even just coming to church. I don't wanna just be a branch spectating to see what the vine is doing. I wanna participate in what God is doing as well. And so what does that look like? Looks like remaining in community of small groups. We've been talking about this over the last few weeks. Like, listen, you can do some hard stuff for a long time when you're connected with some people. You can knock some things out in life. Listen, join a group or lead a group. Marriage nights are gonna be in February. Riley's gonna talk a little bit about uh, groups as well, but like this, is, remain in community. And hey, maybe you tried a group in the past and it was a bad group. Okay, try another one. Great. Maybe you led a group in the past and nobody showed up. Okay, lead another one. Why would you give up on it? Well, groups aren't for me. They didn't work. I'm not that kind of Christian. Okay, Change. Remain in community. Listen, you don't give up on your football team because they have a a bad year or a bad game, so why would you give up on a small group? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Remain in community and serving, using the gifts that God has given you. Like we talk about Explore every single week. Hey, 
Remain in community. Find family through serving. Learn what your spiritual gifts are. Use that in the church. That is actually important, yes. Use them in your home. Use them in your workplace, your neighborhood, everywhere you go. But you need to be connected to know where you are connected to. Remain in community. I would say this as well in remaining is within our finances. The Bible tells us that where our, our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And so where's our heart at then? Because I want my heart to be in alignment with God. And so maybe your remaining in community is believing in the source, trusting him, saying, you know what? I don't just trust you with my kids. I trust you with my wallet as well. And I'm going to trust you with what God is doing in this place and beyond connecting my heart to the heart of the Father, returning of his tithes and, and giving offerings and seeing what God does through it. It will change your heart. The last thing I wanted to give you before we close is to remain in the word. Remain in the word. We talked a little bit about this, but in, in Colossians 2, 7, it said, strengthen in the faith as you were taught. So don't just be taught even on Sunday but like remain in the word, in the Bible, in the scripture. Look, this is not a textbook, although it looks like one, right? It's got a lot of pages. We can be honest about that. A lot of pages. And this can be super daunting, right? Anybody else? Am I alone? Sometimes I look at it, I'm like, what? I don't read that. We remain in it. Look, this is not a textbook. It's not a romantic book or romantic comedy book. It's not a book like Lord of the Rings or some fantasy novel because this really happened. This is not a self-help book because it's not about self. This is the story of the universe and its hero called himself the vine. And he said, remain in my, my word. And when you read this book, speaking out a personal experience, it comes alive inside of you. It illuminates things inside of you, inside of your life. And what happens as you begin to take some bite-sized chunks, your heart begins to change. And you recognize that, wait a second, something's different here. I don't even know why I would say that. Oh, it's because I'm remaining in, in the Word. It changes our hearts. It changes our lives. You need to read the Bible. You need to take it for yourself. Strength, Be strengthened in the faith that you were we're taught. It's an essential piece of gear to the plan. And if we're going to be strengthened and conditioned in God's word, if we're going to be moving beyond, if we want to be stronger in six months, we better start reading something today. Let it change and shape us now. I don't want to procrastinate because if I stay ready, I don't have to get ready. Maybe you don't have a Bible and you're like, okay, well, I don't have one. What do I do? Great. We have lots of Bibles and would love to give one to you. Like, it is there for you. Free gift, we don't, we're not asking you for anything. It's like, hey, you need one? Here you go. But just because you have it doesn't mean you're gonna read it, right? Some of us have too much dust on our Bibles because it's just been sitting there underneath the lampstand right next to our coffee. It looks really good, but it looks really good when it's open. So if you don't know where to start, let me just guide you really quick. In fact, I wanna encourage you with this, that if you do not know where to read in the Bible, here's where you would start. Just start reading in the Gospel of John, where we just started reading today. You don't know where that's at? Look in the table of contents. That's okay. I look in the table of contents. 
I'm like, where's that one at again? Like, is that before or after Nehemiah? Like, okay, it's there for a reason. I'm gonna use it, I'm just saying. Start reading in John. Just start reading there, just a little bit, maybe a, a chapter or two a day, maybe a few minutes a day, whatever it may be. And hey, when you finish reading in John, send me an email. It's will at elevatechurch.com. I would love to help guide you along in the next step, right? Because we're gonna be training, we're, we're conditioning, we're getting stronger down the road, not just today. We're gonna complete the things that God would have for us. Listen, the strength of our training is directly tied to our remaining. We need to remain, keep the remain thing the main thing. Remember, when we remain, we'll bear fruit. When we're apart, we can do nothing. We can do nothing. Would you stand with me? As we get ready to enter into a time of worship, maybe bow your heads and close your eyes. And just in this moment, God is maybe just revealing some things to you and speaking to you, maybe through promptings of like, oh, that's, that's what I need to do. So maybe just in this holy moment, you would just reflect on the life that you've been living and the life that you want to live. And you would say, you know what? Today's the day where I'm gonna start training. Maybe you would recognize that you've been stapling on some fruit. Look in the part. Hey, I'm guilty of that too. But today's the day you wanna produce the real fruit and be connected to the source. Just let God speak to you in these moments. Let him prompt you in these moments. Maybe even just as we've been talking, you're watching online, you're in the room and you're like, you know what? I've not been connected to this. I've been a branch all on my own. Maybe today's the day you're recognizing that that relationship that you need to remain in, you need to begin one with Jesus. Who is Jesus? He is the perfect son of God, fully God, fully man. And the Bible tells us that when we believe in him, what he has done, what did he do? He lived a perfect and sinless life. He died a criminal's death. He shed his blood on the cross, which paid for our sins, my sins, your sins, past, present, and future. He died, was buried in a tomb, but resurrected in three days. And because of that, when you believe in that by faith, the Bible tells us that we are saved. And so maybe in this moment, that's what you need to do is just believe in that and stand in faith. You wanna say yes to Jesus this moment, this morning. The Bible says we believe in our hearts, we confess with mouths that Jesus is Lord and Savior of our lives, that we too can be saved. And so in this moment, I wanna give you some language that you can pray, you can say it out loud, you can whisper in your heart, it does not matter, God knows you, God sees you, it matters that you believe it. You can say something as simple as this, say Jesus today, I give you my life. I believe that you lived for me, that you died for me, that you're resurrected to new life for me. Today, I turn from my sins. I repent of my sins, turning away. And I'm turning and choosing to follow you, to get connected to the source. And from this point on, I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Right now, we pray, Father, for all these people in this room and those online, God. May we be people that remain in you. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. You are able to change our hearts. So, Father, we thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. 
Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There will be some practical resources to help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. Thank you for living generously. We hope you enjoyed this message. Have a great week.